0: With all the negatives going on in the country right now, I want to give a shout out to Jesse and Chester, man. I was watching the news yesterday, and these guys saved us from these two illegal alien factions that were trying to mess with us. You know, they're running around with this really dangerous continuum transfunctioner. And if it wasn't for Jesse and Chester saving our ass, we would be in big trouble. I mean, with so much happening, I mean, you can't even really turn on the TV, But luckily, you know, seeing this feel-good story with these two kind of, you know, average guys saving us from this illegal alien invasion. And then you had that giant super hot alien that they really took out. And she was pretty hot. You know, I'm not sure I agreed with the bunny panties. But, you know, what are you going to do? That wasn't my choice. But thank you to Jesse and Chester for doing it right. I'm going to raise my coffee. And say a, a hearty, you guys rock shibby, You know, um, that, that's kind of what, what I'm looking at. Because it's just, there's just too much going on right now that y- y- you just got to be careful. You got to be vigilant. If you see something, say something. Right? In, in and in, in the guys, these guys saw it and they fixed it. I, I mean, I really appreciate it. And they went through hell to do it too. You know I mean? It's not every day you get attacked by ostrich. I mean, wow. Where did that come from, right? Ostrich. So, nah, man, it was just, it, it was kind of crazy. It, it, it's funny how you, 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 it's, it's this 24-hour news cycle crap that goes on. I get up in the morning, and there's Jesse and Chester on the news. I come in in the afternoon around dinner time, and there they are again. They're on it at dinner, and it's like, man, these guys really must have did something because they've been on all day. And, and so it, it's, it's just nuts just how these news cycles can't get off of these stories. But in this case, I think it was a feel-good story. You know, heck, they even got to touch a few hoo-hoos, you know. Um, anyway, so um, I'm going to jump right into this. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Mike's over work, working. I'm going to be with Mike this weekend. We're coming up, getting pretty close to 4th of July weekend, so you guys be safe out there. If you, if you drink, don't drive. If you drive, don't drink. Watch the fireworks, man. Don't close your fists. Leave them open. You know, um, fireworks, fireworks are fun, but they're dangerous safety first. And we're going to, with 4th of July coming, right? We got 4th, safety, fireworks. We want to talk range safety. Guys are asking the questions about safety procedures. What do we have to do to stay safe during these matches? More and more matches, more stuff. I'm going to actually go up to the PRS match in Cody with Gunworks. Um, I talked to Kalen and and Phil Vallejo up there. Um, Gunworks did a whole lot you know, as far as bringing new blood in, they're moving into sort of the competition tactical. They're they're branching out from being just straight up hunting guys. They brought in some really good dudes between Kalen working there. There's a bunch of people at Gunworks now, um, but they brought in a lot of really good dudes, and they have that um, P.R.S. match happening in Cody and I get back from Alaska, and it's like a week later. I think I'm going to bounce up there and shoot it. Uh, like I said, my shoulder and stuff, I don't know how prepared I'm going to be, but I'm going to use it as a little bit of like a leap off to go to Guardian. You know, I'm not. I'm with my travel schedule and the stuff. I can't shoot Pawnee. I'll, I'll miss the Pawnee stuff. So I'm going to go and shoot the, the Cody match. You guys should come up. I, I know there's not a lot of people signed up. They got a lot of slots left. A couple of matches aren't filling up. I saw one, and I'm not going to get into, you know, as far as that goes, but I saw one got canceled yesterday or the day before this week. Put it this way. One match got canceled this week. And the the Gunworks matchup at Cody was a little light on people, and so I think I'm going to bounce in. And if you're in this, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana area, hey, man, let's go hang out and take over the Gunworks match. Come out and, and let's go have fun have a good time, shoot it like it's a local match. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to treat this match. And they and they were, it's funny. They're like, hey, we know you're not like a PRS dude, but we're having our match and, you know, we got some space open. Would you drive up? And I'm like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'm home. So I think I'm going to do it and see how the shoulder feels for the Guardian. Uh, we got Gary Larson's stuff. Gary does a great job with marketing with those things. Man, I just it just cracks me up to see his head-to-heads. I wish I, I wasn't necessarily as busted in the shoulder as I am. Um, you know, Gary, get me somebody to tape me up. Somebody said there's going to be his wife's an EMT and she can tape me up with the KT tape. So I'll bring the KT tape. You guys tape me up and I, and I should be pretty good. Um if if I get a, you know, if I get about 5 strips to hold my shoulder in place, it it usually works out. But um yeah, with so many matches and and the other one I'm going to talk about coming into is the King of Two Mile is this weekend or this week. Monday starts King of two mile. I'm going to be heading out there and I'm going to do a podcast and some stuff from King of two mile for you guys. That should be good uh, to go down there and talk to those guys. I'm going to talk win with them. I'm going to talk first round hits with them and see, this is the beauty with these two mile shots. And I know I'm going off in weird tangents, but trust me, I'll circle back around. We got a lot of time to talk here. Uh, You know, we shoot 2,500, we shoot 3,500. Well, that's making everything in better, right? With this ELR stuff, the trick is, is man, you got to go with those Charlie Taco units and get your your thing. I'm looking at this now because more people are getting into it. More people want to rock these big guns and do this ELR stuff. Marksmanship, man, you guys gotta get back to marksmanship. Right now you're building these rifles sort of a rector set with the really high bases and the whole thing, and you got no marksmanship behind these rifles because you just can't do it. It's the shoulders a foot down from your cheek. You know how do you how do you manipulate that successfully? You're almost better, to be perfectly honest putting the rifle into some tripod rest where you're hardly touching it at all and shooting it that way and just you know almost going bench resty where you're aiming through with the with the with the scope and you're not touching the rifle in, in a way if you can't set the rifle up correctly rifle setup is huge man I mean getting something put together that you can get behind it that you can shoot it that it it, it fits you as a shooter, with these, you know, uh, XLS and Magnum, you know, Ultra Magnums, really, it, uh, rifles. It's it's kind of hard to do unless you really think it out ahead of time, and it's money. It's a lot, a lot of money. But um, I'm gonna head down to the King of Two Mile when I get back from Alaska. I guess we just booked even more people, man. This Alaska's huge. I, I gotta say, Mark does a great job up there um, for this stuff, but. Let's um, come back around to safety. Uh, guys asking me, hey, with these matches and what's going on, what should a new shooter, what should a shooter be looking at in terms of safety? Well, the, the number one is the, the, the NRA, uh, you know, fire, firearm rules. The, these are your basic standards and, you know, none of us wrote them. None of us, it, it hasn't changed anything. It, it it It's just, you know, treat every gun as if it's loaded, right? Treat all guns as if they're loaded. It's firearm, it's it's loaded. You know, never let the muzzle cover anything you're not willing to destroy and take full responsibility for. I, I add that in, take full responsibility. The muzzle is a laser beam, okay? That is where it all comes from, is the muzzle, right? That's front towards enemy, that whole thing. In how guys carry the rifle in a match these safety rules work whether it's a competition whether it's combat whether it's home at your house whatever the case may be these four firearm rules are it they work and there are some mechanical issues we're going to talk about but you know treat all weapons as if they're loaded it's a weapon it's loaded done end of story So then we go to, you know, never point the muzzle at anything you're not willing to destroy and take full responsibility for. Okay, cool. Well, that means you can't carry it like a suitcase. You gotta adapt how you carry this rifle in and around people and in your everyday life. In the Marine Corps, we were taught how to carry the M40. Now there's several reasons for why they taught us to carry it this way. One was a safety issue. We put the muzzle down. Two was to hide the scope. And three was to make it easier to carry. We did not sling it over our shoulder like an AR, okay? We didn't have it just muzzle up, slung over our shoulder, because you had your pack there, right? So, you, you, number one, they don't want you slinging stuff like that unless you're sort of route step march. And even then, and, and when I got in, they didn't even want you carrying slings. What they used to do with us, with even the ARs, you know, the M16, is 550 cord, kind of an emergency deal, and then taped it to the side of the rifle. They didn't want you carrying it with a sling. They felt it was like a lazy, you know, things change. Guys come in, rules kind of change. Guy comes out, rule goes back, guy comes in, rule changes to something else, and so on. Well, in this incident with with M16s and, and all that, they wanted us to always have it ready, everything. So you didn't want to get used to the sling. We only used the slings on the rifle range for shooting, you know, our, our scores, our 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 rifle scores. And and this was just if you had to throw it over and sling because you needed your hands free. You could pull this five fifty cord. And tape and then roll it over you do what you had to do then it came back off and you can slap it back down and it stayed out of the way it didn't get hung up you didn't have the keepers making noise because we would tape them down too um you know so but with the m40 remember no bipod none of this stuff uh so how we carried it was muzzled down you ran it alongside your body And you use the sling at the bottom to keep the muzzle up. Now, some of these guys who are doing 26-inch muzzles with suppressors or different things, they may run into a little bit of an issue or just be on the top of the ground. But, I mean, no worse than me with a 26-inch barrel, right? Because I'm at the sling and lifting it up, it, it, it becomes a case of the buttstock is up a little high by my pack. But what it is, is you got your pack there, and the butt stock would be up by that, so it would sort of blend in the green and green of your pack. Then the scope ran down along your body, so you really couldn't see it. You didn't have a silhouette of a scoped rifle, and then the muzzle ran down your leg. I can move around, go through the woods, I can carry it like that, and I can do that. But muzzle discipline is the key. And this is where guys get into trouble in competition, all right? So... They'll pick it up like a suitcase. They'll, they'll, they'll pick up like a suitcase and turn around and flag everybody. Bad juju right there, man. Laser. The muzzle is a laser. If you touch somebody with that laser, you're wrong. So now you've you, you got to learn to kind of come up and then scoop it up. And I'm, I'm making gestures, but you guys can't see it. I'm here doing it in my chair, and you can't see me right? But you know what I mean, right? You got to scoop it up and immediately sweep that muzzle right down off the bipod. Really, in, the, in these matches, with all these people, the bipod, most of the time, is just holding the rifle up on the ground. And, you know, you're putting it in a stage area. Find out where the RO wants your staging area. As soon as you walk up to a stage, first thing in the morning, whatever you're doing, hey, which way do you want the muzzles pointed? The guy's going to tell you, stage the rifles this direction. Once you do that, Leave the rifle alone. Do not touch your rifle in the staging area. Just leave it there. You can do your software, do all your work, do everything you have to do. When you're coming up and on deck, you can then scoop it up, have muzzle down, and if you have to adjust your scope, say you're going to put some dope on the scope before you go up to the first, you know, for the first shot before you start. Okay, well wait till you're in line, get everything prepped, but don't go over to your rifles and mess with them. That could be a case of DQing. Now, there might be certain ranges. I don't know the rules in different places, but like a rifles-only thing. If you're on the top deck of rifles only and there's people below you, you don't go muzzle down. You go muzzle up in the air, right? Because if you go through the deck, there's people down below. And if you're on the deck in the middle, there's nobody under there. There shouldn't be. it kind of be forward of the line where they stage people. But if you muzzle up, if you're in the middle deck... You got people above you, so you have to be aware of where those people are. Muzzle's a laser. I'm gonna say it again. You know, laser tooth tiger. So there, that's one of the things you have to look at. And this goes for classes too. One of the big issues with classes is guys taking their rifle in and out of cases and then flagging people with the muzzle that way. So you know, with, with this, don't point the muzzle at anything you're not willing to destroy. Doesn't matter the context, doesn't matter the timing, it's a rifle, it's loaded, right? Rule number one, it's a rifle, it's loaded. Number two, if you're taking it out of the case, no mag in, I don't care, you know, whatever the case may be, that you have to watch that muzzle. Your job is to pay 100% attention to the muzzle. Now, my big pet peeve is the guys who rest it on their foot. And I'll tell you the story that I tell people, and this is a sniper school story when I was in back in the 80s. And a guy actually had the pictures. A DOE guy came to a class. He was an alien guy. You know what I mean? Those guys are the men in black. Came to a class, and he had the photographs of the guy who was the class just before, no, it was my class, was, well, my class, where, where we, we did a stalk. And stalks are done with blanks, Okay. So you go through, you do your four hours of stalking, you move through, and maybe you got busted and you never took your shots. Okay, well, in this case, this guy never took his shot, and, and we're, we're lined up to turn it into the armory at the end of the day. Guy's in line, we're all in our ghillie suits, we've been stalking all day, the whole thing, it's the end of the, you know, time to go to evening chow. He has it rested on his foot. And as he shuffles forward, he just picks his foot up and slides forward. And then, you know, he's holding the rifle that way. Gets up to the, gets up to the window to turn the rifle in. And you got to, you know, you drop the hammer. Well, with it still on his foot, he dropped the hammer with a blank in it. Blew through his big toe, separated it, blood, the whole thing. And being typical Marines, everybody's like, get a camera, you know, before we get a corpsman. the instructors are all over this guy. He's out, number one. They take, we used to have what's called like a bone pole. If somebody failed out of the class, they had like a name tag thing and they put your name tag on a pole at the front of the class, like this stick with skulls or whatever the heck had on it. Well, in this guy's case, they friggin' stapled his bloody sock to it because he had his rifle resting on his toe, muzzle, laser beam through his toe, Didn't treat it as if it was loaded and it was with a blank. Finger in the trigger, drop the hammer, boom, target backstop was his foot, bang. The safety rules, right? So this is why we press that. Don't put it on your foot. Don't put it on your foot. I'll come unhinged if I see you on your foot. Don't rest the muzzle on your foot you're going to rest it on the ground or do something stupid make yourself a little rubber stop for the damn thing If you can't if it's too heavy for you that you can't hold it up or sling it or do whatever you have to do so we have slings right put it over your damn shoulder dude be done with it but if you're going to rest it on your foot you're now covering a part of your body but don't cover your body or the other guy's body right that's a huge huge aspect of the safety rules this it comes down to those So come up to your stage, put your your rifle on its bipod in the safe direction. When you pick it up, do a scooping action to bring that muzzle immediately down, point it at the ground, walk over to your staging spot, and then when you come up, safety-wise, mechanically, this is why I have, now we're coming into the next step of it, okay? Why I dislike the really, really light triggers, the 8-ounce triggers that these guys want to run. You know, they want to go as light as possible to not influence the rifle and yada, 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 yada. But it's, it's every time, or especially early on, all the NDs I saw all were because of guys with shitty light triggers. And they think about touching it. They're not ready to, but they do, and it fires. Doesn't, you know, it's also a safety issue If it gets dirty. Go to close the bolt and it fires because the bolt thing, if that happens because it's got dirt and debris in it, but you got your trigger so damn light that when you close the bolt, the firing pin releases and it fires, that's your fault. That's not the gun's fault. That's your fault for putting your trigger so damn low. Understand the safety, uh, the, like the, um, the spread of where your rifle is, can, is safe and not safe. You can go beyond safe. You know what I mean? You can have it light where it seems like it works but it's really not safe. If every now and then you run the bolt like run it fast and hard. Bam! Fast and hard and see if the firing pin drops. Run it fast and hard and see where that is if you're adjusting it down that light. I am not a fan of those light triggers in competition when you're in such close proximity and you're moving. Now here's the thing. We don't Rely on the mechanical safety of your trigger. AIs, man, best trigger on the or safeties on the planet, right? Bolt, lock, go, the whole thing. Don't use them. We lift the bolt handle. For me in class, for me everywhere I go, what is safe is the bolt handle. The bolt comes up out of battery. It doesn't have to be open, but it has to be up. It can't fire if it's up. That's my visual cue. I can look down the line. Hey, what do I see? I see bolt handles up. Mag out, bolt up. Mag out, bolt up. Mag out, bolt up. Right? Boom. So that's my visual cue. So the whole time my bolt's up, they may say you can load, make ready. You can do what you have to or mag in. You know, depending what that stage rule is, I still, if the mag goes in, my bolt is still up. I don't close the bolt. Until my sights are on the target. Fingers straight and out of the trigger guard until your sights are on target. Well, that includes the bolt handle for me. When I, again, here's what I do. Got to have muzzle discipline. I find the target with my eye. I point the rifle at it. Then the bolt comes down and I go into position to fire. Because now I'm pointed at the target and I'm in safe directions. Everything's good. So it's find it with my eye. Kill it with the scope, find it with my eye, bring the rifle up, point at it, confirm it in the scope, bolt handle comes down, and now I'm on the trigger and doing what I have to. And we, with the two stage triggers, I can marry to the trigger and it's not going to accidentally go off, right? Because I have that two stage trigger, that first stage, I have movement there that I can play with. And that's a key, key part of this is that. It's not a case of it's so light and I'm moving so fast that I could do something wrong. Getting in and out of position is probably one of the most important training things you can do if you want to be a competition shooter. If you go to these competition train-up classes and competition this class or competition that, what they're really teaching you is how to be efficient getting into position, setting the rifle up, and getting out of position safely and quickly and it all comes around that bolt in that muzzle you know you you got to make sure that muzzle muzzle's a laser muzzle's a laser you got to make sure that bolt is you know up and then down when you go to move from barricade position to barricade position bolt up move place the rifle bolt down now you're ready to go you know and you can run it you could do whatever you have to do you can you can fire hit the target bring the bolt back eject that empty casing Come up and move to the next target. Go forward and come down and not waste any time. It does not take any longer to fire bolt up. Don't don't admire your work, your last shot, whatever the case may be. You don't have to sit there and admire it. Soon as you shoot and you know it's hit or miss, whatever, bolt comes up, you move. As Soon as the rifle comes down and you're ready for position, find it with your eye, point the rifle at it. Bolt comes forward and down. Now I'm ready with my trigger, right? So then finger straight and out of the trigger guard till my sights are on target. I just took care of two things in one action, right? I I, I found it, pointed the rifle at it, muzzle safe and in good direction. Bolt goes forward, down, finger straight until sights are on target. I already am. I can go right to trigger if I have to and shoot. So that's kind of the key thing. And then be sure of your target and backstop as you own the bullet. If you're not sure what you're shooting at, if you didn't understand, don't shoot. Don't shoot the signs. You know, oh, I'm supposed to be shooting number five. I see a thing that says five. Guys, shoot the signs. If we go down range to any, I don't care if it's core, K&M, rifles only, wherever the case may be, wherever you shot. If there is a number board down there, there's a hole through it because somebody shot it. Because they weren't sure of their target and their backstop. They thought that was the target because somebody said shoot number five. So they shot the number five. All the time. Happens all the time. Everything downrange eventually is gonna get shot. We know that. Okay, that 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 goes without saying. But the thing is, these firearm safety rules are what matter. Listen to instructions, don't move so quickly that you're you're gonna become unsafe. It's the speed and it's the left-handed stuff that screw people up the most in matches. It's going too fast where they become unsafe and they'll have the ND. They're not behind the rifle. They got that right. They're just getting it into position. They've already closed the bolt. It's hot. It's ready to go. They're not quite sure where they are and they've moved over near it and they're thinking about it. Their finger comes down because they think they're ready, but as soon as they look, they're not. And instead of the finger coming off, they've already touched and that eight ounce trigger goes off and they have an ND. And if the RO slick, he may see it wasn't at the target. It was close to the target or whatever the case may be. But that's why I don't like those really, really light triggers because that's exactly what will happen. The guy will come up and we see this in classes. I tell people all the time in my class, the bipod, the bipod, the bipod. Guys will point the rifle at the target, get everything ready. They get behind the rifle, but they haven't really looked through the scope yet. They load it and make it hot. Then they look through the scope. And what's the next thing they do? They go, oh, I got to adjust my bipod. Next thing you know, they start crawling forward with a hot rifle. Lift the bolt. Don't crawl forward to start playing with your bipod. Lift the bolt with it hot, especially if you got that eight ounce trigger, you're going to crawl forward, you're going to do something, something's going to happen, it's going to go off. And, you know, I've seen some weird stuff happen. I've seen magazines like shoving on a magazine, releasing the firing pin, you know, weird shit. So you really got to be careful with this stuff and understand the condition of your weapon, understand the mu- where the muzzle is and really, really recognize that muzzle discipline. If You see an issue because there's an RO that's not really, or new RO. He's not really a seasoned, experienced range officer. Maybe it's his first time volunteering. And he sort of puts himself in a position that you don't like. Well, explain to him hey, man, if you're going to watch me, be three feet over here. If you're going to do this, be over here. Everybody on a range is a safety officer. Everybody can call ceasefire. Everybody can call somebody out for safety. And if you get called out, fix it. Don't be a dick. Don't be that guy arguing, oh, it's not loaded. Ooh, it's not this. Oh, it's not that. Especially like I see it all the time with the toes when it's on their foot. Hey dude, get that off your fucking foot. It's my rifle. Yeah. You're flagging yourself. That's a date. And I'm glad I did see, I think it was Jim C did actually go to DQ somebody for doing it. And I know Jacob does and all that other stuff. I'm glad people are are, are kind of putting another focus on, um, you know, that, that uh, what do you call it, the, that range safety aspect of it. There's another thing too, coming off. Maybe you didn't get the last shot off, coming off the stage. You go through, you got 90 seconds, you're shooting all these targets, maybe you made it, maybe you didn't, who knows. Clear it before you come off. When they call time cease fire... While it's still pointed at the target and everything, I I have seen, and there was actually a video of one of the big names, I'm not going to call him out, came off with the weapon. It wasn't hot, but bolt closed on an empty, you know, case in there, and he walked off to the stage. Didn't clear it out. Had the bolt. To me, that's a safety violation. To a lot of other people, that would be a safety violation because bolt's closed and he's coming off the line that way. When the safety is the bolt up or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just that is not a cleared weapon. Visually check it. Visually check before you come off. You don't have to rush as fast as you went to the barricade to shoot it. You don't have to come off that fast. You know, somebody was saying we were talking about this up in, I think it was Alaska. There's no prize for holstering your handgun as quick as possible. You know what I mean? When the range is cold or safe or whatever the case may be, you fired handgun, you're doing your whole thing. You don't holster as fast as you can. As fast as it came out is not how fast you put it back. Right? You, you take your time, you make sure everything's in the condition you need it to be, you put it away. You come off that stage, make sure your rifle's in the condition. And hey, maybe you did really good in that stage and you're excited. That's when you have to be the most vigilant. Okay? Then... Clear it out, then turn around and high-five everybody with a safe weapon and watching your muzzle. Laser. Right? So that's where maybe you had a bad stage and you're bummed and you're pissed and you hate yourself because it was a give-me and you blew it. That's when you have to put your head back in the game and go through those fundamentals of safety, of what's going on. Reset yourself back to the beginning. We all know how to do this stuff. The thing is, is don't get out of your head because you're thinking about something else. I mean, you got a 140 grain going 2,800 feet per second. All that has to do is get somebody in their femoral artery, man, in their leg. And it's going to throw such a shockwave into them. If, if, if it hits that main vein, that artery, and it, it could give them a heart attack. Kill them, right? Just from a leg shot. Hopefully not. But if it hit just right, it, it could cause some serious damage. It's 2,800 feet per second. We're in close proximity with each other. Big bang, boom. It's not like a handgun. You know, you're not going to do the DEA. I'm the only one qualified. Shoot myself in the leg and keep talking. That's not how it happens. Speed is what hurts people. Go only as fast as you can be safe. Say that again. Go only as fast as you can be safe. Right, guys? Because that's the key, man. This stuff... The safer we are, the less issues they have with DQing people, with safety, with no issues like that, the better it becomes, the more attention it gets. You don't want that negative attention. You want that positive attention. Why do some matches do better than others? It's because it's the experience. It may be that the how the match director set it up. It may be all this stuff. Oh, 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 oh. I got a thing for you guys. I was watching it the other yesterday. I saw it yesterday. Carl did it at the Sniper's High Team Challenge, but only for one stage. Here's, if you're a match director, if you're thinking about being a match director, here's the wrinkle, man. Here's what you do. Tell them they can use the tripods, they could do whatever they want, but they got to deploy it on the clock. Deploy your tripods on the clock. Because I, I saw a video yesterday... Uh, Facebook or some shit, a guy running up uh, to a stage and he had to run like 25 yards and he had the tripod preset and it was up pretty tall and the whole thing so he's running with the tripod. You know, he's got his rifle and tripod balancing them together. Make them deploy it. If You don't have to do it every single stage. Maybe there's a stage like a barricade, whatever, that's close. Maybe there's like, you say if it's from, if it's from the starting point to, the, to whatever is five feet or five yards... No big deal. But if it's more than five yards, they got to deploy it on the clock. Let's make them start deploying these tools on the clock. Don't let them preset things. You know, I mean, I get it. They'll put like the game changer bags and in the, in the war horses and stuff on the rifles and attach them and all that thing. That's cool. Uh, no issue there. But with these tripods, man, with every single stage being very tripod heavy, make them deploy it on some of them. Make them learn to deploy it quick. Have it become a training issue. One of the things, when, when Rifles Only created the 300-yard uh, the long obstacle course, we had a covert obstacle course that you had to run and do it. Well, this is going back to like 2005 to 2007. Magazines just came about. Badger just did the bottom metal with the Harbinger rifle. The Sniper's Hide Harbinger released or or introduce the Badger Bottom medal for AI uh, magazines. Well, we found out, because as a safety precaution, because of this obstacle course, we wanted you to run up, load your mag, then shoot the target, then unload, then go down the other side to the next obstacle, load your mag, shoot the target, unload, go down the other side. We found guys could not reload quickly properly. So that's why down at Rifles Only, the guys used to mag out. Bolt back, mag out every stage, every time you move because they couldn't reload and it was getting them used to reloading, getting them used to putting that in without fouling it, putting it in without messing it up, you know, without doing a lot of those things. I did a video and it's still on YouTube on bolt action malfunction drills. When was the last time you saw bolt action malfunction drills? But they had happened a lot with magazines. But now, guys will get the mag in ahead of time. They'll go through. They got the extension so they don't have to reload. Make them damn reload. Why aren't we reloading? <clears throat> reload. Have them teach it. If, they, if Do stages where you go and you say, okay, you got a 10-round stage. You, you, you got to have one reload in there. You got an 8-round stage. There has to be a reload in there. These are the things they're getting away from because it's a game and they're trying to make these guys, you know, satisfy the guy. They're already good. They already can hit things. Now make them do the procedures properly. Deploy the tripod. Reload the magazine. All those skills I'm seeing fall away again because everybody just wants, hey, the game guy goes up. He's got everything in place. He's building things to defeat your stage. Twelve round mags, the extensions, things like that. You know, you're, you're 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 thinking, well, most are shooting a ten round mag. I'm gonna go twelve to make them reload. You know, the two the two bullet holder was for that. Pull the two bullets out, throw them in. Right in your stage brief, one mandatory reload on every other tripod stage. Make them deploy it. It's not that hard, and it'll bring them back. It'll frustrate them for a while, but you know what'll happen, dude? They'll hate you today. They'll be better tomorrow. They will be better. Everybody, all ships will rise because you, as a match director, thought of something that has real-world practical application instead of this contrived bullshit stages. Make them put something real world in there. Got a contrived piece of shit stage that's you know stand on your head, shoot upside down, and do all this. Well, put a mag reload in. You know you got some crazy contrived stage. You know they're gonna build something that's outside of what you were thinking. But you you love innovation. You love to see how they're gonna how they're gonna solve your 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 puzzle problem. Okay, put a reload in there. Put a deployment in there. Make them do it on the clock. Don't make them buy it or build it to fix it make them do it in a way that when they don't have all that crap when that's not happening when it's not so contrived they can then reload nice and smooth and quick on the clock it'll it'll make a better marksman if you do it that way versus um you know just letting them run up with how they have it and and not touch anything and not have to reload and and not have to do all that stuff i i'd make them do it on the clock man and part of it is a safety thing too. Mag out. Bolt back. Can't nothing go wrong that way, right? Have him go up to this firing point, then load the rifle. Do a reload, then unload. Come off the line nice and slow, man, and reload it that way. Like I said, you don't have to race off the line. But that's my thoughts. And then the last one, be sure you're targeting backstop. I think we already mentioned that. that. That usually gets taken care of it, but you do own that bullet. And that has to come into match directors again, um, where you you can see and make sure your safety fans are good. Um, it depends. Some some guys have better fans than others, but definitely think about these things, practical terms. Like I said, I talk to the Gunworks guys, uh, Kalen, uh, Phil. I like Phil's got that fundamentalist hashtag. You know, comes out of the Marine Corps, was a scout sniper instructor, the dude's shit hot on a rifle, and... You know, he looks at these things from such a practical viewpoint. Look at how he's doing stuff. Look at his videos. Look at the different stuff he's doing. And, and he's part of the match director up at, at Gunworks at the Cody match. I want to go up to see what Phil's bringing to the table because he's coming out of that Marine Corps. He just got out, you know, and, and I want to see what his eyes bring to the sport. In a competition, I know he's already an accomplished competition guy. He's been doing that for a while, and and, and so no 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 dramas or anything there. But I want to see, as far as a match director goes, what he brings to the table, right? So now I'm looking forward to that heading up to Cody. So hop over to Gunworks, guys, come up and let's go make a day of it. You know, two days of it, whatever, and let's go shoot the match. I don't think I can get Mike and them to go up because they're doing Craig. I won't be around for the Craig match. Mike was talking about uh, the Robert Quigley one, but I will be around for the Cody one and I think I'm going to bounce in and then that'll be my, my train up for Tennessee and Gary and all that. All right, guys. Well, um, you guys have a good weekend. I'm going to be with Mike this weekend. I'm going to knock out some more podcasts for you. Safety, man. Don't let safety go to hell. Safety super important. You know, keep your stuff staged where it needs to be. Don't mess with your rifle when you're behind the line. Put it in 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 you know muzzles. Watch your muzzle discipline. Don't carry it like a suitcase. Don't flag everybody. Don't do all those things. I mean, if that muzzle looks at somebody, you're wrong. You're the guy that's wrong. So that's all I, I have to say about the safety. And and I you know I appreciate the question and and what um you know you guys asking. I know there's some Podbean stuff and some things. I'll get into that with Mike. We'll look at it. I didn't follow up, but I wanted to knock this out because I've been so damn busy looking at writing a book. Got an offer to write a book. I think I'm going to write a book, man. Order new stickers, like I said. A couple other things. So I've been busy. I'm getting ready for PR. I got PR2 in Alaska, PR1 and PR2. I'm going to redo PR2 like I did for PR1, so when I get off with this... I'm going to be jumping on the PR2 bandwagon there in the PowerPoint, re- reshuffling it around and changing the way we work and do business. I think it'll be cool. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Be safe out there and share it around. We're almost close to 2,000, man. I need a few more people to get me to 2,000. I am almost there. Almost. Man, get a friend. Get a friend. I want 2,000. We'd be such a big podcast if we have 2,000 followers, man. That's In podcast world, that's pretty big. So hook me up. All right, guys, take it easy. Have a good one.